I'm Jakub Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I hope to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about business technology needs. We're chatting about typical gaps um, of a technology footprint, how to review and assess your technology needs, and in planning ahead for the year. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clear idea of how to realize your technology investments. I'm joined by Andre van Sale, founder and CEO of Sales Colab. Andre, welcome. Good morning, Yaku. Thank you. So, as always, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Um, I was in corporate for a couple of years, and if I say a couple of years is quite a long time, about 24 years. Um, started out with uh, Telcom, um, fantastic company at the time from a training point of view, so I was very privileged to, to uh, be part of uh, that organization for so many years. Um, went to a whole bunch of different um, areas of the business, started out as an engineer, went into marketing, um, then I moved over to MTN. I was there for about nine and a half years, and um, at the end of that, decided to to leave the corporate world and, and start my own business. So with all the knowledge that you've gathered over the years, you kind of get challenged by yourself to say, well, how are you going to apply all this knowledge? And um, that's the start of Sales Collab. Well, after after that uh, long tenure and those two big companies, it's it's quite a brave world to, to start something on your own. It is. Um, it definitely is. And I suppose a lot of people would say also when we started, which was um, at the beginning of last year, so during the midst of a, of a pandemic, yeah. and a lot of people downsizing, that that's when we started the company, and we've been very blessed um, to to be where we are. So it's been an interesting journey. Okay, so let's let's carry on on that note. So obviously, you saw uh, a need or a gap in the market that you wanted to address by doing what you, what you're doing. Mm. Um, so when you engage a customer, or, or if you, if you had to look at it holistically, what would you say um, are the the biggest gaps uh, in a, in a in the customers that you come across in a technology real estate, what's the biggest gaps that you uh, find in a market? I think there's two things um, that comes to mind. The first one is if you work for a corporate, then you got to be an ambassador for that corporate. You can only sell whatever that corporate has to offer. And when you sit in front of a customer, sometimes whatever they need is not 100% as to what you have as a corporate. Oh. But you've got to force that in. So it's almost a case of this is the hammer that I've got, and I hope you've got a nail so I can apply this hammer to this this particular problem. Um, and one of the reasons why we decided to start SalesCo Lab was to say, well, let's understand what the market has to offer and sit in front of a customer, really understand the need and provide the best of breed solution for their particular needs. So I think that's one of the key things for me. Um, the other key thing is to to sit down and understand from the customer what keeps them up at night. You know, uh, when you work for a corporate, you a lot of times have an incentive that, you know, for the next quarter, for this particular month, this is the solution where there's uh, some incentive on. So everybody tries to sell this particular thing. Mm. Um, but when you actually sit and can have a discussion with a customer about their needs, um, what they need uh, and, and to move their business forward. What are the things that keeps them up at night? Then becomes a very interesting discussion because the pressure is not there. The pressure is not there to sell them one particular solution. And you can really sit there and craft uh, a long-term plan as well with a particular 
customer and build trust in that process. So if, if you have to now cast your, your mind back over the past year, mm. what are those, those burning points that's keeping customers awake? Well, I suppose there's uh, three um, key ones that comes to mind. The first one is some customers will come to you and say, listen, some of these things aren't working for me. You know, some of the solutions that I've got, um, the service provider that I do have, um, they're letting me down, you know, um, there's failures within the network, etc. And, you know, then you sit with them to try and understand why are there failures and what do you need to do in order to make sure that that doesn't happen. So that's one aspect. Okay. A second aspect is customers, because of the pandemic and where we all came through, cost saving is a big thing for them. So they say to you, I like what I've got, but can I get this cheaper? Right now, that's both a good and a bad thing because on the one side, yes, you want to help a customer to to uh, become more cost you know efficient within this organisation, but you also can't you know you can't find the business book that says you know um, shrinking to success you know you can't shrink and shrink and shrink and think that's going to be the formula for success for my business. Yeah. So the key thing we really want to do with a customer is say to him. Where do you want to grow your business? What is your competitors doing? How do you feel you compare against them? Are you falling behind with you know your competitors? And how can technology help you and assist you to become more competitive and move your own business forward? And um, so I hop on about it virtually in, in every episode that we do. Do you do you feel that customers know exactly what they what they need their te- technology to do for them? And um, are they getting the right advice? That's a good question. I suppose the way that I simplified in my mind is you get two kinds of customers. You do get a customer that has a strong IT department or a strong um, IT manager or even a CIO. And that person's job ultimately is to understand technology, understand technology trends, and to apply the best trends for that business. Now, if that's the case, they typically have a clear understanding of what's needed within the business. Um, hopefully, they can align that with the strategies of the business. And then you just work with them to, you know, to help fulfill the vision that they've got at the moment. Okay. But you also get other kind of businesses where they don't have IT people. They don't really have CIOs. They no, this, might have, this SME space that we that we play in. Well, a lot of times, yes. And I've been quite surprised because some of these companies are financially very strong, but mm. they're tiny. Um, they don't have, uh, like I said, you know, they might have an IT guy just to maintain the things that's there. If something breaks, quickly come and help and fix it. But that person doesn't necessarily have the knowledge and the vision to help take that business forward. And that's a very interesting opportunity where you come and sit with a customer like that and you have a discussion and they'll talk to you about operational issues initially. They might talk to you about some billing issues that they had. But ultimately, when you sit down with them and say, well, where's your business today? How do you want to grow your business? Then you start understanding certain opportunities and gaps um, in terms of their business processes, in terms of just how they do their day-to-day, you know, business um, and, and opportunities where you can help them to digitize that or modernize that for them. And in this, um, let's call it in this uh, uh, SME space, this mm-hmm. un, uh, uncovered space, if you want to call it, where there's typically this IT guy or this or that, um, do you find that uh, customers are open and receptive to take on new technology? 
I think they are, but you got to explain it to them in a certain manner, which makes sense for them. Um, and and if I say makes sense for them, they got to see the business value in that technology. Um, I sat with uh, just a friend of mine who owns a software company the other day, and and he was battling with um, a software solution that he he wrote for the transport um, environment, yeah. transportation customers, and you know he was taking me through what the system does and said. And then he mentioned to me one of the companies um, used to have six ladies, administrative ladies, that does invoicing on a monthly basis, and once the system was introduced, they reduced that to only one person who worked on the system like two hours a day. So that kind of efficiencies is massive in any organization, but it's not something that's so, so easy to articulate. Um, and you've got to understand, you know, how the business actually goes about to do their day-to-day operational needs and what solutions would best fit that and how to optimize the environment. So, again, you can take the same people and just repurpose them in your organization. Yes. Because, you know, people is very important, and, and once you have great staff, you don't want to lose them. But you can definitely then repurpose them and have them work on your business towards other dreams and goals that you have to grow the business. Yeah, I think that's for me, that's definitely that, um, I, I don't want to sound like these corporate consultants, but I mean, almost that change management component mm-hmm. where, um, I encounter it a lot where, where people hold on to their traditional tasks mm-hmm. that can be automated, but, uh, and, and that actually holds them back from growing in, in the business because it, uh, they they can't progress because they have all of these old stuff that they that they're holding on to. No, true, and that's been something I've seen in my career uh, over many many years. When I was even at Telcom, and it's it's a it's a terrible example, but it was a, a valid example. You had a lot of old um, employees that was there for years and years and years, and the feeling that they had is, if I hold to this knowledge that I've got, if I keep this knowledge and don't share this with anybody else, then I become so important to this business, they can't get rid of me. Yeah. So they almost see that as job security. And unfortunately, if you have that mentality, you can never grow your business. Correct. Right? You're only protecting what you have. Um, and, and from what I've seen in my career is that if you are in the process of just sharing the knowledge that you have, so you learn something today, you apply it, it actually works, and you share that knowledge with your 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 staff and your employees and your team members, then you empower them as well. And it allows you to start looking towards the next problem, you know, and the next challenge to, to focus on and to try and solve. And that's okay. when you start to move your business forward. Okay, so let's so the example that I always uh, use because uh, I like to make things practical. Mm-hmm. So uh, my name is Pete, and I run a accounting firm out of Centurion, and I've got branches in Durban and Cape Town, about thirty forty people countrywide. You come and sit down with me. How would you go about then assessing what my um, technology needs are, if we can call All it right. that? I like to talk about journeys, um, and I like stories. So I like to, to link the two together. So I would sit with you and say, right, if you've got X amount of branches at the moment, um, what's your data journey that you're on at the moment? You know, how are you connecting those branches? How are you connecting your employees? How are you connecting your customers to your business? Um, you know, uh, 
at the moment do you have an MPLS network? <clears throat> do you have a VPN network? You know, have you decided to embrace SD WAN? What's your journey towards that? You know, what's holding you back? What's your fears around that? Um, do you have the in-house capability to move forward? And the same conversation we can have with your voice, the same conversation we can have with your mobile connectivity. And we talk about your journeys. So where exactly are you within, you know, that particular journey? Um, what is your fears of moving forward? But one of the nicest things as well is to say, Pete, what keeps you up at night? If you think about your business, if you think about your competitors, what are those things that actually keep you up at night? Because the key thing that I love to do is consultative selling. You know, I love to understand what your problems and needs and requirements are and then to see how we can use technology in order to to help move those forward. So so Andre, on that on that note and and, and this is something that I grapple with a lot, is um Often I see customers that then veer away from that kind of conversation because they're going, yeah, but you know, I'm not technical. You know, I've got this guy and this, this guy comes and he talks tech, you know, mm-hmm. software and licenses and VMs and virtualization. And the minute I hear that, I just like, I don't understand. All I'm seeing, I'm going to spend more money. Um, so, uh, one of my favorite um, saying is is um, the prince that doesn't undertake the peril of understanding undertakes the peril of trust. So yeah. I've just got to, I'm I'm an accountant. I don't know what this guy's talking about. So I'm just I'm just trusting him, and and uh, it's probably that trust that's keeping me up at night because um, I'm not sure what the consequence would be if um, if something happens. My IT guy doesn't doesn't cover the basis. Mm. You know, that's probably the, probably that uncertainty is. And then when I see Andre coming walking and I'll go, oh, here's another, here's another million rand going or another two million rand going or another 36 month contract or, um, yeah. Okay. Um, do you, do you experience that, uh, customers plan ahead for what the, the, Technology needs would be for the year, or do you, or do you think that it sort of pops up uh, incidentally? That's a good question. I think there's probably a combination of the two. Um, you do get some customers that do plan ahead. Um, I think because of the pandemic we've gone through, uh, a lot of plans that customers had were put in us. You know, um, funding just wasn't there. Um, there were mm. different things to rather focus on cost saving of the business, uh, make sure we can keep our employees, make sure we can keep, you know, paying salaries and all those sort of things. So really making sure we can protect the business. Um, and now, you know, once we're starting to move into 2022, I think a lot of cas- companies are optimistic. I think a lot of them are saying, well, things can't get as bad as what it was. Now, some of those plans that they've had and that they put on ice, that's starting to come to the forefront again. And, and you start to have some of those conversations where they say, we were thinking of, you know, is this still relevant? Should we still do this? So you get, definitely get, you know, those kind of opportunities. But you also get some opportunities where the guys don't really think about this. You know, they don't understand necessarily the benefit of technology and, and for their business. Mm. But then it's a conversation that you can have to say, well, where would you like to see your business by the end of this year? Right? Um, you know that saying where they say, you know, we don't fail to plan. We just, or we, we don't plan to fail. We just fail to plan. Yeah. Um, and that's a very, 
positive, you know, saying to have because you've got to plan for where you want to end your business, you know, um, what's your end goal by the end of this year? And then the question is, how should you apply technology in order to help you to get there? Um, I always use this example, you know, if you want to take your partner out on a date, whether it's your wife or your girlfriend, you don't sit around and say, well, where can I get the cheapest steak? Let's think about this. Or right. well, maybe when I was a student, not maybe now. Maybe when you were a student. No, <laughs> true. We were all there at some point. But, I mean, you know, we passed that stage, right? We're in our working careers. Um, you want to really impress, you know, not, not overly impress, but you want to have a great experience. Yeah. So you don't sit at home and say, right, so I'm going to, this is going to be date night, okay? And let's decide where's the cheapest steak. And then let's go there. Because you go for the experience. You go for the ambiance. You go for the memories that you're going to build with this person, you know, during that evening. Now, if we have that mentality when it comes to our partners and relationships, why do we have this weird sense of trying to shop around for the cheapest technology um, when it comes to our business? Because the reality is, you know, you get what you pay for. If you buy cheap, you get. Do you you not think? Do you not think it's the 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 technology industry itself that creates that? that that behavior. So, in other words, uh, if you go in, uh, and engage a customer, mm-hmm. and I go in and, and I'm not in a competitive situation, to you, uh, I mean, I say to the customer, "Show me your quote," and then I'll, I'll, I'll better it. So, so it's almost like the people that's providing the technology is almost creating that that environment where they they feeding that. Um, I almost want to say the greed monster at yeah, the customer and saying, no, oh, but yeah, this, yeah, Andre, Andre is mm-hmm. overcharging you, um, bloody, bloody, blob, and, and I'll do it for you for 10 rand cheaper. Great question. I suppose the biggest challenge of technology is you can't actually see it. You know, you can't always see exactly what you buy. If this were cars, as an example, you can see a car. Yes. You can see the difference between, let's suppose, a BMW 5 series and, you know, some entry level Toyota. Or entry level, you know, uh, Hyundai as an example. You can see the difference. You can touch the, the 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 materials. You can touch the leather seats or the material seats and the dashboard and all these kind of things. And you know the door panels. And you can see right. This is why I'm paying more for this one because of the value of the product that I get versus another one. And with technology, it's not always uh, as easy to understand. And and there lies the. The challenge for us, you know, as, as salespeople, as advisors to companies, to advise them correctly, and that, um, that to me, uh, you know, while you you saying this now, it's just there's so many things that's coming up in my mind. Uh, one of the the things that um, challenge me is also some of the some of that customer thoughts and behavior tends to be inconsistent. Mm. So, like you say, uh, when it comes to uh, maybe a piece of hardware, I want to. Shop around and buy the cheapest. When it comes to some some other, uh, let's call it email suite of stuff or whatever, I'll happily pay crazy money for something that's not really making my business better. It's just, um, you know, it's just a, a well-known brand that, that mm. this technology religion that I'm that I'm talking about. No, I so, so so it's almost like it's very very difficult for a customer to to get a holistic view of what's all of the stuff that happens. Um, Inside the the environment. No, true. I suppose the key thing is to be honest in terms of the advice that you give a customer, um, because you know whether it's going to be a, a more expensive solution. If the customer sees the value thereof, then they're willing to pay for it. You know, um, if it's a brand that they know and they trust, and and you know they uh, they've used it in the past, 
um, then it's great. You know, when I was still in my first corporate company, we used to talk about a trusted advisor. And the salespeople tried very hard to be trusted advisors. And then after some studies we did at the time, we realized that um, the trusted advisor of most customers is Bob. You know? And they said, well, who the hell is Bob? And I said, well, Bob is just the guy that you hang out in the pub. Bob is your friend. Bob is the guy that you go and say, listen, so this company came to see me today. They were talking about this and this and this. And then Bob would say, oh, yeah, no, I've heard about this. But you know what? In my company, we use this and this. Mm. And this is the benefit that we get. So Bob is a much better advisor, you know, than some sales guy. Or much more trusted. At much least, more yeah. trusted. You're 100% right. And and that's a very interesting thing. And the onus is on us as technology experts and, and you know, salespeople as well and representing our companies and our partners. To sit with the customer and say, these are the options available. These are the pros and cons of each one. And honestly, just to sit down and say, well, you know, what's, uh, what do you need, Mr. Customer? You know, um, which way do you want to lean towards? If it's cost saving that you're interested, you know, we can maybe do this for a shorter period of time, but then look towards this for the future. Or if you do this, then you can completely future proof your, your organization and your business. And it's really just being building that trust with the customer. Um, now on that point, when when uh, how long or how long does it take for a customer to realize the 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 benefit of the technology that they that they implementing? So in other words, if you're saying to me, if you do A, B, and C, it's going to make your business better, more productive, quicker, blah, 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 blah. How long how long on average would it take for a customer to see the result of that of that technology investment that they made? I suppose most companies want to say, well, immediately, you know, um, if they make some technology um, investments, they, they would try and want to see the, the impact that they have as soon as possible. But it depends on what you do. I mean, if it's some kind of a hardware that, you know, changes that you need within your organization um, that will real, get realized maybe over a longer period of time. If it's some software that gets implemented, it might be much quicker, you know, um, uh, you know, benefit that they get. If you start, do you, to do you think that people that that go and position those things do they actually go back and show the customer the value? Or once I've made the sale, can I just move on? You know what? If you do that, um, unfortunately, you get those kind of salespeople. You know, they're pure hunters. They go in, they try and get the deal. Um, what I've found in my career is that mostly they will get a quick deal, but they destroy relationships. You know, they destroy trust. And you've got to go back in there in that account and just work with the customer and, and uh, you know, fix a couple of things. I believe that a long-term engagement is the key thing because you want to go deeper into a customer. You want to, you know, show value of the first solution that you sell, um, gain that trust, and then move on to another solution, you know, and just, you know, go deeper and deeper into that particular customer. That for me has got much more value than trying to say, well, you know, I've sold this one thing with, you know, 50, 60 customers in a month. But, you know, you basically trying to go around to your earlier point, trying to sell the cheapest possible solution, trying to, you know, make them believe about the value in whatever this cheap solution is. Mm. But in the long run, it's not really helping their business. You know, it's a, it's a quick fix uh, with negative consequences at the end of the day. Okay. So uh, um, this period of the year where we're in now… Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody tends to be uh, a little bit, I, I can't even say reflective, more forward looking and saying, okay, right, I've, I'm making all kinds of plans for the year. So what advice do you have for a, for a small business owner in terms of, um, starting the, the year off on the, on the right foot? Uh, if, if you had to walk into Pitt's accounting firm now today, mm-hmm. what would you, what advice would you give me 
um, I need to do for the f- to plan for the year. All right, that's a good question. I suppose any small business, the first question I would ask them is, where do you want to position your business by the end of this year? Um, maybe who's your competitors? Who's the company that you look up to? You know, how do you want to move closer to what they do or mimic what they do? Um, and then once you have that conversation is to say, how can technology actually aid you in that journey? Okay. Because I always say technology should be like special effects in a movie. If it's done well, you don't see it. You know, it adds mm, to the story. I like that. Yeah. And it makes the story brilliant. And you sit there and you're wild by the visuals. Now, imagine special effects that's done very badly. You sit there and judge it the whole time. You know, it, it breaks from the story. It's, it doesn't really make you, you know, engage with this movie. So, so I don't need you sit in, in the deeper fashion. I don't need you sit and think and say, I, I want to buy 10 more computers and I need this and I need that. What you're saying to me is, is you almost want to say from a holistic perspective, where does your business want to be? Exactly. And then you can try and work back from there and work out what technology you need to support that. Exactly. I love because that. I mean, if they can sweat their assets for a bit longer, then you know what? Let's, let's help them to do that, you know. If they can upgrade certain portions of their business and, and remain with certain things. If they can become more mobile as an organization. If they need to, um, expand the business and, and expand to new branches and new territories, you know, if they are in an acquisition mood and uh, there's an opportunity to acquire another business that didn't make it through this pandemic period, um, we sit with them and then see how we can integrate the existing solutions from that company that they want to acquire into the current environment. Okay, cool. So I'm Pete. I'm loving what you're saying. What's my next step? Well, Pete, I think the key thing is for us to get together. Uh, I love coffee. So there's always going to be a coffee engagement that we're going to have. That's a good start. And, you know, sit together, understand where you want to move towards. If you want to bring your team on board as well, your leadership team, by all means, please do so. So that it's a... Um, a bigger discussion, you know, and, and more inclusive discussion as well. The last thing you want to do, and you mentioned this trust thing before, is whatever decisions that you make for the business, you know, people need to buy into it as well because there's got to be common vision and, and common – because if there's common vision, then there's shared responsibility as well and there's buy-in from the employees to walk – Work towards that vision, you know. Otherwise, you the the lone ranger with this plan, and you look behind you, and there's no nobody's following you, and you don't want that in any business. Okay, so we're gonna we'll we'll obviously put up your your contact details um, on on LinkedIn when we publish the the podcast. Um, but for me, I I really like the idea of uh, I mean, what's the what's the worst thing that can come out of a out of having a coffee with somebody? You can maybe get a different different point of view and maybe some objective advice. Exactly. I think one of the key things is is trust because I'm not in there to try and sell you something. I think that's one of the key things for me. I'm there to gain your trust and I'm there to try and add value to your business. Um, if we don't have a solution that's going to work well for your business, then we'll gladly uh, point you in the right direction, you know. Um, and I think that's also something that, that customers appreciate. You know? And the worst case scenario is you have a look at it at the customer's environment and it's 100% perfect and in the car gets, you can sleep easy at night. Exactly. And you say to him, listen, for what you have at the moment, for the next year or two years, it's perfect. Keep it what it is. And, and when the environment changes, give us a call, you know, and we'll gladly engage again.
Okay, Andre, thank you very much. That's definitely food for thought. Awesome. Thank Appreciate you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so you can make smarter decisions in your business. Remember, you can listen to all of the podcasts on the Cliff Central Apple website, and for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And uh, if you're looking for help with your um, communication tools in your business, please visit catalytic.co.za.